morning. You're listening to Real Life, Real People Radio on this Sunday morning. I am Jill Lowry, and I'm so thankful for you who are listening today. Thank you for tuning in, and I hope that you have enjoyed listening to the shows that we've already aired starting 2024. Remember, we're talking about how we can share, how we can share more in 2024. So thank you for all of you who just really are trying to do that, who are wanting to share their story and who are listening to the voice of God, just telling them where they need to go and how they can share. And I just thank you for um, your faithfulness. Those of you who faithfully listen, thank you so much. Today I'm going to be interviewing someone who I met in a most amazing way. God is always on the move, and he brings people into our lives at just the right moment. And I have a friend who I will be interviewing now, and she was able to come here because her parents heard this radio show way back in the summer. And they're from East Texas, and they actually reached out to the radio station, East Texas Radio, and said, We have a daughter who has a ministry, and she has a story, and would love if she could be on your show. So she drove in from Waco, and I'm so excited that she's here, and I'm going to introduce her in just a moment. But just know that when you share your story, you never know how it will impact and encourage and inspire others on their faith journey. And Real Life, Real People Radio is all about how you can grow your relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so as you hear Jennifer's testimony today, I know that you will agree with that. So before we get started, I want to invite you to sit back, relax, grab your favorite cup of coffee, grab hold of your Bibles, but most importantly, grab hold of Jesus, and he will bring the Bible to life for you. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to share. We thank you for Jennifer and her story Even though there's some tragic loss in it and just things that we can't explain, Lord, we know your peace is there. Your peace just covers us. And Lord, we just pray as people listen, they feel you and your peace, and they know that you're here, your presence is with them. And so, Lord, we pray today for everyone listening that they may open their hearts to hear what you are speaking to them, and they may draw closer to you, for you are the way, the truth, and the life. And we love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. I am pleased to introduce Jennifer Eichenhorst. And before I introduce her, I want just to tell y'all that she is so excited to share her story. She has ministries called Accidental Hope, and it's a podcast for four seasons. And she's an author of a book called Left Turn, Life Unimagined. So welcome, Jennifer. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. It's so beautiful here in Mount Vernon. Well, thank you. I've never been here before. Yeah, we love it. We love East Texas. I love East Texas. It's just wonderful. And I know that your parents met in East Texas. You said they met in Paris, Texas. Yes, Paris, Texas, where it all started. And I actually got married in Paris, Texas. Oh, wow. So you have roots here. I do have roots. Well, that's so neat. I'm East Texas at heart. That is so neat. Well, tell us a little bit about your background before we dive into your ministries, because I can't wait to share. Um, you were raised where? In Dallas? Area? In Dallas, yes, heart of Dallas. My my mother was the rebel who like left home, left East Texas, and went to the big city. Yes. yes. <laughs> the youngest of five and went uh-huh. to the big city, and so I was raised in Dallas. Yes. 
City girl. City girl. Well, I was raised in the city, too, but um, it's so wonderful, though. You have so many opportunities in the city, and you told me that you were not raised in church, but yeah. however... Tell us that story because it's really it's, cool. It's crazy. No, I was, I was, I mean, I come from a super loving and supportive, as you can see, mm-hmm. loving and supportive home, but we were non-religious. Mm-hmm. And in fact, my father identifies atheist, agnostic. We don't really talk about it as much as probably we should, you know. Mm-hmm. But last conversation, it's just non-religious home. Mm-hmm. But my grandmother would take my sister and I, every Easter and Christmas, when we were coming to town, first United Methodist Paris, but she passed away when I was 10, you know, and what's interesting is the Lord still brought people, so in my little apartment complex, and I know I was probably around the age of eight, because I know where we lived, and there was Miss Millie, who lived across the hallway of the apartment complex, and she invited me to church. So I don't know what church I went to. And, you know, nobody recalls, but I would go and until Miss Millie moved or we moved. And then I was a part of a bus ministry. Mm-hmm. But it stuck with me. Mm-hmm. And All those people that God put in your path, yes. getting you to the church and to grow your faith. I, you just told me a story about your sister who's pregnant right now. Yes, and y'all were teaching her little son who's, what, four years old, uh-huh. the song Father Abraham. Yes. So tell us that story, because y'all recalled it from childhood. Yes, so last night, you know, he wanted to open presents, and, and it was just not time, and that's torture for a four-year-old. So I told my daughter, go teach him Father Abraham. So they start singing and dancing, and it just sparked a memory for my little sister, Courtney, and she goes, I remember that Sunday school song. And we had this moment of... Do you remember when I used to make you get dressed for Sunday school? I was 10. She was 7. And to get on that bus to go to church, and we can remember that it was a white church, but we don't know what denomination, but we knew that we were loved, and we knew if we memorized the scripture, we got a little candy, and if we memorized the books of the Bible, we got a little candy, and we can remember going up the steps, just Mm -hmm. me and her. That's a special memory, and God um, just does that to it. We have little memories, even though you don't remember exactly the details. But we knew we were loved. Yes. We knew how we, yeah, we knew how we, mm-hmm. what is it? Like, you may not remember what who you meet and who you see, but you'll remember how they made you feel. Amen. And I mm-hmm. felt loved in that church, and I developed this relationship with Jesus, and thank God I did, because I just don't know how I would. But you want to know something fun? What? So I used to, people would say, well, how did you become so religious and this relationship with Jesus? But, you know, you weren't forced into it or drugged to church or, you know, you have your own faith. And, and I would say, I don't know. I don't know. Well, when I was 30 plus years old, I'm talking with my uncle, which is my dad's brother. And he said, Jen, I, I need to tell you this story. And I said, okay. His name is Uncle Kim. I said, yeah. And he said, when I knew your dad had walked away from the church, you were you guys had come to Florida to visit, and you were just a baby. And I remember you sleeping in the playpen, and I I knew that dad had I mean your dad had walked away, 
and uh, we had had a couple discussions about it. I walked over to your playpen while you were sleeping, and I laid my hands on you, and I prayed over you, and your whole hand, I mean, your whole back took up my, my hand, and I laid my hand on you, and I said, bring people in her path mm. that she would come to know you as your, her Lord and Savior. Wow. wow. How beautiful, and the power of prayer. Thank you, Uncle Ken. (laughs) Wow, that's amazing. I'm so glad he shared that with you. So you know. I had these goosebumps, and just the Spirit of the Lord fell over me, and I began to weep when he tells me this story. And it was like the Holy Spirit said, this is why. I mean, if you want to know why you're set apart, I answered this prayer. Just think if we would pray over babies, children like that. Just think maybe what God would do and what he can do because nothing is impossible with God. Nothing impossible. And you have done so much in your um, short life. I mean, you're not very old. You're like what? And you're 43. Yeah, you're still 43. So young. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you have raised a beautiful family and you yeah. have a wonderful husband and and your parents obviously love you so much. They and love so them supportive so much. Because they're the ones that emailed the radio station. They took the time to They're say, so you've sweet. got to meet Jennifer. She has a story to tell. And so I'm excited, and I want to get to that story because this is so important. You, your ministry um, helps people after they've had a tragic accident or circumstances in their life after loss, and you help them get through it. So what is your podcast entitled and Tell us a little bit about what you do in your ministry, and then we're going to get to the story. Okay. Well, it's called Accidental Hope, and I'm walking into my fifth season, which is a year of grace. I can't wait to see what God does with it because he's already done so much. It was just a small offering. I'm a teacher by trade. Oh, you are? That's right. Yeah, so I was Googling and YouTubing and trying to figure it out. I had no good equipment, you know, just a, a laptop and a little microphone from Walmart, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that's all you need. Yeah, and, and got in the closet and mm-hmm. recorded because I knew I told the Lord, "You've you've brought me through this really difficult season, and I've been through difficult seasons before, but in such a way I felt compelled, and I said, I will tell whoever I need to tell, and you bring whoever you need to bring to listen." your goodness and your faithfulness and I will speak it till I'm gone with every breath that I am yes and I didn't know how to do that because I just you know when you're on fire mm-hmm. you just wouldn't tell the world you wouldn't tell everybody yes you know the people that you're buying coffee with and mm-hmm. strangers and and I was when he had brought me out of this very difficult season of depression um I had to rebuild my identity I had to trust him like I never thought I'd have to trust him. The unimaginable, right? My book is The Unimagined Life. And so then when I had overcome that, I loved him so much. I knew how good he was. I said, where do I start? What do I do? And and people kept just dropping this thing called a podcast. I had never even listened to a podcast. And then here we are. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I know that your podcast has helped a lot of people. I've listened to partic- one in particular that was so good, and I know you interviewed a mom who lost her son in a tragic accident and just how she was dealing with that. And it's 
there's no way to deal with it without a relationship with Jesus. Yeah. And I know you would say that, that yeah. God is the one, and Jesus Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit, has was able to and has been able to get you through this. If you didn't have a relationship with him, you you wouldn't be where you were today. Oh, no, absolutely not. So thank goodness that you have had that relationship with Jesus. So let's talk about the accident. Okay. Let's talk about your book and... And you said you've been through a tragic period. Let's let's go there so people can understand just what you've been through and how important Jesus is in your life. Yeah. So before I begin, I just want to ask for grace. Of course. So anyone who's listening, I know that my testimony we're talking about sharing and my story is difficult and it can be hard and it can be uncomfortable Even the veteran Christian can listen to my story and struggle a little bit. And I understand that. So I just ask the Holy Spirit again to just cover my words with grace because I never want to do more harm. Mm -hmm. But as far as I know, my show is the only one in the world like it because I, I bring the stories of both and all sides of tragic, unexpected death. Related to accidents, vehicles, crashes. And that's because in 2016, I was involved in a fatal accident. And I was the driver that survived. And a man named David passed away. A father to three. A devoted father to three. And a veteran. He served our U.S. Navy. And he was a good man. And... um a man that did not deserve to die the way that he did at my hands and my mistake. And that is something I have to live with. And what I realized was there was this absence of discussion, resources, and that left me lonely and hopeless. And if you can imagine, if you're a person who never intended to do harm, followed the law, obedient to, you know, but still had a shortfall where I didn't see the approaching vehicle. He was on a motorcycle. Um, My mistake or my shortfalls affected not only a man's life, but a ripple of children and their families, his mother, his father, his brother, a whole ripple of, of pain at the hands of me. I didn't know how to handle that, and I still am walking this, really just trusting the Lord every day with my story and how to share it and when to share it and when not to share it because I don't want to cause any pain. Um, So that's kind of where the story begins, but it was a very long road of I had to completely I would say ground zero of who I was. I thought I was a very secure Christian, loved the Lord with my whole heart. I had watched God heal my daughters who had both had brain surgery. I mean, we had had loss of jobs and, you know, other things. And I just could testify to the goodness of God. But yet when I suddenly realized that Part of my plan and my 
part of my life included harming someone else unintentionally, I didn't know how to reconcile that. And so it was a completely, where is my identity? Because I don't feel like a good mother right now. And I don't feel like that Proverbs 31 wife right now. I don't even feel like a good neighbor. How did I just love my neighbor? I didn't know how to reconcile this. Were you for unforgiving towards yourself? Were you blaming oh, yeah. yourself? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because it was my responsibility mm-hmm. to inch past that stop sign and make sure there was a complete safe road. And I had my daughters with me. I, I never intended to harm anyone. Mm-hmm. I just... I, would, I had some a tree that obstructed my vision and some other things. I was on top of a hill in a blind spot. I mean, I could give you all the right, lists of right. things. You know, I followed the law. But at the end of the day, I fell short. I was human. Mm-hmm. And I did not inch up to that road. And I did not see David. And, and I'm still the one responsible. Mm-hmm. And that's really hard. Yeah, I can't imagine um, how hard that would be. And... You know, in life, accidents happen, and you did not intend anything. No. And I just, I feel for the family. Yes. I feel for you. Absolutely. I mean, the whole situation um, is, is is not a good one. It's tragic. It's, my heart is breaking. But what we do know is God is near yes. to the brokenhearted. And Absolutely. he heals those people. If we just call to him, we may not understand. I don't. You don't understand. Nope. I mean, you... You like you said, you were not intending to hurt anyone that day. He was not intending to get in that accident. Right. And I think you even told me that he had turned around, but he wasn't supposed to be. And there my at plans that time. changed. And your plans changed. Yes, everything changed at just minutes before mm-hmm. that accident to lead to that point. Mm-hmm. And so we don't understand. We don't know, but. It's just so important that we help each other recover from this loss and and to put our identity in Christ and and to heal. Yeah. And to heal by forgiving and because and that's that what encourages. Mm-hmm. That's what gives hope. I had a choice in my healing, right? I could choose to become bitter. I could have chose to be like you are not a good God. I could have stayed in that place because when you're looking at Romans 5, 3, and 4, and you're Mm -hmm. thinking about that perseverance that Mm -hmm. produces character, and and you're in that place and you said, "Uh uh-uh, I I didn't need that kind of character. His children did not need that kind of character. You're frustrated a little bit with trusting him Mm -hmm. with this tragedy. And yet I had to say, you get to verse 5, Romans 5, 5, and it says, He will not put your hope to shame because we trust in Jesus Christ. So it always ends with hope. There's always hope. Always hope. And even for the family who's suffering right now, those children who right now you said are in their... um, 20s and 18. Yeah, they're not children anymore. Mm-mm, they're young adults, and there's hope for them as well. I, yeah. and, and we all have hope if we put our hope in Jesus Christ. Absolutely. And um, I just... He's the comforter. Amen. Yes. Amen, totally. And he's the Prince of Peace, and he will give us that peace that passes all understanding when we let him guard our hearts and our minds and we trust him. So you would say for anyone listening that is going through a tragic loss or just they're heartbroken, depressed, lonely, you know, where you were, mm-hmm. the first step 
what do they need to do? Wrestle with the Lord. And explain what you mean by that. Um, I went to my quiet place. I went to that closet. I went to that on my knees, crying out to him, the lament. I asked him the big questions. I asked why. And so even though I was angry and sad and hurt and crushed, I kept running to him. I kept running to him because he's what I knew. And I, I would say, I believed you were a good father. How, Lord? How? I believe that you work all things out for good. How, Lord? How can you work this for good? I would, I would ask him, like, what are you gonna, what's gonna happen to them, Lord? And, and I would just feel these waves of, did you trust me before? And I would say, yes. So what would make you think you can't trust me now? I'm working things that you can't see. If I'm near to the brokenhearted, that means I'm near to you, I'm near to them. When you were in that moment on that old country road where this accident happened, I loved you. I loved David. I loved your children. I loved his children. I loved the paramedics that came that night. I loved the first responders. The sheriff's department, I loved all of them in the middle. I loved the neighbors that walked past, past you and gawked at this situation. I, I brought the women who cared for your daughters crying while you were helping David. I was there mm-hmm. in all of it. And, and I was just in awe of that. But it took time and it took me running to him over and over again. Getting those thoughts captive was the first real step for me. And it went to what did I believe about God before and what did I know about my enemy? And I knew that God was love. God was forgiving. God is a redeemer. He is a comforter. He, he, I'm the apple of his eye. Well, what is the enemy? He came to steal, kill, and destroy. He is the accuser. He is the liar, the deceiver. And I would take every thought and I would realize, where does it line up? Is this from my father's voice? Is this his truth? Or is this the enemy trying to destroy my soul and wants to create more pain? Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's, that was really the first mm-hmm. step. Getting yeah. And who are you listening to? Because you're who right. You? We can listen to God and run to him. I think of a song by... Um, Cody Carnes, Run to the Father. Mm. It is one of my favorite songs, and it talks about run to the Father. Um, and he's so full of grace. Fall into grace. Yes. Fall on your knees and just say, Lord, help me. Forgive me. Have mercy on me. Mm-hmm. You know, the blind man who Jesus encountered was, was like, have mercy on me. Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus said, do you want to be healed? Yeah. And he said, yes. I want my sight. And he said, your faith has healed you. Yes. And so you would tell people to run to the Father, yes. to, to ask for forgiveness, to fall into grace, and choose Jesus. Choose the the author of life. Yes. You know, the enemy does come to kill, still and destroy. And he's going to feed you with lies, the father of lies. First is Jesus came to give us life and life yes. everlasting. And we can choose life and choose light. 
and choose the way, even when we don't understand. Even when we don't and understand. And we won't, but we can fall into his love mm-hmm. and his refuge and comfort and strength. And he is a very present help in trouble. Yes. And so in addition to falling for God, I mean, he's there for us. Just run to him. Run, run to, to him. him. Run to him. Run and to him. and when you run to his word, what I discovered was in the Old Testament, there are Jesus or God taught talked about me. He had seven cities of refuge in the Old Testament days. These were cities for people who had unintentionally harmed someone. So in the scripture it says if you throw your axe and it accidentally kills someone, you were to go to the city of refuge and stay there for seven years. This is my seventh year from this tragedy. Oh wow. And I honor I honor David every day with my life. Yes. Yes, and you do. I can see it in your eyes, in your voice, in your the way you're talking. Well, it changed my life. Yeah, his life changed my life. Mm-hmm. I I believe that I served a good God, and I knew it in my bones, and now I know it in every part of my being. If you were to meet his children right now, what would you say to them? Mm-hmm. And I know this is hard, and I know that they have <laughs> reached out to you. Yeah. I know the oldest son reached out to you and was very kind and and just wanted to know if it was you. But what would you say if you saw them face-to-face? Well, first, I'd probably still say, I'm so sorry for your loss. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry for your pain and suffering mm-hmm. and the absence of your dad. But after I apologize, I, I would still ask for forgiveness and say, I know it's a daily thing. It may be a daily thing where you you forgive and then you may have to pick, you may pick it up because we are we are flesh, right? And then you may have to put it down again and say, you know, I'm going to forgive Jennifer for that day. And so I would probably still ask for forgiveness and and then I would probably just say that I've never stopped praying. Mm-hmm. That when I've never stopped praying for them and believing good things for them, that God would be the peace that surpasses all understanding for them in, in their tragedy and their loss and and that God can cover their broken heart. And I know that you would tell them that God loves them. Absolutely. And, and to have a relationship with them. In fact, you would tell anyone listening anyone. who doesn't know God and doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and have the power of His Holy Spirit, of the Holy Spirit living in them, that they're missing out on this peace. There's no way to peace without There's the no presence way. of Christ. There's no true, pure way. It would be short-lived, but I would not be able to walk in the fullness of joy and hope and and even just um, wanting to do good, if I did not have the truth of the Lord in me, saying, Father, work through this. Tell me what you want me to do. Who do you want me to share with? How can I share your hope today? I would not be in that place or be able to to look you in the eye and smile mm-hmm. if I was covered in shame and weighed down my, by my guilt. And and that is a temptation for all of us. 
and it isolates us and keeps us from using that testimony to bring more people into the kingdom. Because you never know, in big and in small. It could be my Uber driver that I have met one time who was a caddy who had never shared with anyone that he had had a pedestrian accident before. God put me in that Uber. God put me in Los Angeles, the Uber driver. He was a retired police officer. He put me in that one car to share that testimony with. And he looked at me and he said, well, I drive people for a living now. I'm a retired police officer. I never tell anyone that story. I said, you can confess that, and you know, God still loves you. Jennifer, that is so powerful, and I, God's going to continue doing that. He's using you to share hope. I love the name, title of your podcast, Accidental Hope. You know, it's, there's no accident in life that's, that's too big for God. I mean, God is in everything, everything. that we do, and he will bring good. He will. Out of, you said it. He said there's good that comes out of even the worst thing that can happen to if us. If we let him. Because right. you have to go to the rest of the verse. For those that love him. Mm-hmm. If we do not have that part of it, the agreement yes. can't. If we stay hardened, if our heart mm-hmm. stays hardened, he can't work for good. Mm-hmm. But when we surrender and love him, he can do the unimaginable too. And he will. And he, he can will. reimagine. Yes. That's right. So find hope in Jesus Christ. Hmm. There's no other way to find hope. Like you said before, it's temporary. And you will not have that hope that will bring you that peace and that joy that you're describing. And the ability to forgive yes. and accept his grace and mercy. And so I just thank you, Jennifer, for sharing your story. And I know that this is going to reach so many people who've been struggling. Mm -hmm. And if they wanted to contact you, what would be the best way to do that? Or tell us, you know, how do you find your, do you have a website? I do, accidentalhope.com. Or the, you can email me through there or social media. And if you know someone who's been, you know, I, I want to share both sides of the story because it is full circle. It is. It, and I believe that's the only way to come healing is that you, you reach out your hand. And in my case, I reach out my hand humbly and ask for forgiveness but want to know how other people are feeling. Yeah, and how to pray. Yes, definitely. And I know we didn't talk a lot about you praying with people. We talked about people praying over you. Well, you actually did say that you pray every day for this family, but how important prayer is. So important. So we pray and we pray and we believe God is going to answer, even when we don't have eyes to see because we have faith. Yes. We pray believing. Yes. That God is going, and we know He hears our prayers, but He's going to answer in His will. Absolutely. So thank you so much for coming today. It has been a joy to talk to you and... I just can't wait um, to hear stories of, of what happened after this podcast and how God is continuing to move. And I hope to see you again. Yes. Maybe you can come back and do part two with Thank me. Thank you for having me. Yes. yes. And would you close us in prayer, please? Absolutely. Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for being the light and being the truth and, and being that still voice. And Father, if there is anything, and a met need or hurt, um, that that 
lie that this this sin is too big, this can't be forgiven, this secret can't be let out. Father, I ask that you would touch those secret places in all of our hearts, Lord, that we would surrender it to you today, Father. I thank you for your son Jesus, and I thank you for this new year. And we are expected to draw near to you as you draw near to us. And I ask these all in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to Real Life, Real People Radio. If you would like to hear more episodes, simply search Real Life, Real People Radio on Apple, Google, and Podbean Podcasts. And remember, every day will be a good day when you get real with God. Real Life, Real People Radio, copyrighted 2024, all rights reserved. Jesus, the center.